Well, today we're going to be talking about the path to peace. God gave me a revelation while reading the Christmas story because, you know, that's what pastors do during this Christmas season. They read the Christmas story. You read it in all the different gospels, all the different versions. Well, that's what I do. I just take opportunity to study it all over again like I've never heard it before. And I was reading it, and something jumped out at me that I've never seen before in the story, which is really cool. You know, I got saved when I was eight, so I've been a Christian for, I'm 31. Math is a challenge for me. I'm working on it. That many years, all right, yeah, I've been a Christian that long. I've been in church that long. My parents are in the room. They'll tell me. They, they'll tell you they dragged me to church every single weekend. Come on. Ain't nothing wrong with that, parents. That is actually the right thing to do. Kicking and screaming. Can I get an amen from the front row? Yeah, down the aisle, kicking and screaming down the aisle, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> without them, we wouldn't be here, y'all. So, I mean, that's serious, and you should follow their, their example. Get your kids to church, man. They need Jesus. The world needs Jesus. So, I've read this story a bunch of times, but I've never seen this before, and I love it. And the reason it jumped out at me is because we value the prophetic here. I'm going to connect the dots for you in just a second. Last week, Candace Simmons said uh, she had a dream for the rest of the place, and she saw a big rubber ducky. You remember that? And she said this would be a house of joy, and it is a house of joy. Well, just a week before that, one of our team members on our intercessory team, all on their own, in intersection, got the word joy house for the rest of us. said, like, God calls this his joy house. You know what I mean? And so when two independent sources say the same thing, I start leaning in. I'm like, hmm, yes, Lord. Yeah, exactly. I was like, is this what you want me to talk about next? You know, and he's like, good job. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're doing well. And so I saw something in this story of the shepherds in the field and everything. And I've been to Bethlehem. I've been there 10 times and I've never seen this before. It's really, really cool. That has to do with that. Here is the revelation I learned this week. I want to give to you. Are you ready for this? If you want peace in your life, you must choose joy. If you want peace, you have to choose joy. I'm going to prove it over and over again with scripture today because that's what I do. I'm like a lawyer and I'm going to throw the book at you. All right. I am. If you want peace, you have to choose joy. And how many of you know 2020 hasn't been a very peaceful experience it's okay. Don't over-spiritualize it. It's been crazy town. No, I've had peace the entire time. Okay. I'll give you the mic. I'll sit down. Please. Listen, it's been tumultuous. It's been crazy out there. The church, by and large, has had a severe lack of peace. It'd be good for us to go into 2021 knowing how to have peace. Amen? New season. I'm going to give you the path to peace. It's surefire. It's going to happen. Let's read Luke chapter 2. We're going to read 8 through 14. We have it on the screens in the Passion Translation. This is right after Jesus is born. It's part of the Christmas story. It says, That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. Say terrified. You ever been terrified before? Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, to be terrified is is a is a real thing. All right, I don't want you to skip past that word terrified because I need you to get the picture here. I need to get you the setting 
of what's going on. Some people, you know, have their nights in the nativity scene. They got the shepherds, you know, they got all this stuff. But we, we don't realize that God came in to their life in a way that terrified them. You might be like, I don't see God working at all. I just have all this stuff that scares me. Um, it's not beyond God to work in a way that freaks you out. In fact, that's his favorite way to work. Okay? He's like, he's like up in heaven. He's like with the angels. He's like, hey, y'all, watch this. And then he comes, and he comes into your life and does it in a way that you don't understand. It terrifies you. It freaks you out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Come on. This is what the shepherds were going through. It wasn't like, you know, cute babies with wings and harps flying out of the clouds singing, you know, silent night. No, <laughs> it wasn't that. It was bang, and the shepherds are like, the shepherds are like, oh my God, and they are running for cover. They're jucking for cover, terrified. Remember all those times in the Bible where the angels show up? And whoever they're coming to just high fives them and is like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Come on in. No, I don't remember those times either because they're not in there. It's always the angel going, be not afraid. Do not be afraid. Right. There's a reason because they're afraid. I've seen an angel with my open eyes like the way I see you right now. One time in my life. And I hid in a stranger's armpit. From the sight. It was in Galilee. We were praying for one lady. Angel showed up like nine feet tall, seven foot sword. And he like shoved it like out in the air over my head. And I went, ah, and this nice old lady, it's like, um, seemed to be fine with it because I was in there for a while and we didn't talk about it afterwards. So I'm not really sure, but <laughs> I was terrified. That's what happens, man. I've seen angels in the spirit or like in a vision or a dream is different than an angel walking into the room. Like you see me. That's how it goes. And it's like, ah! I'm telling you, freak you out real good. And it says the angel reassured them, the shepherds, get the picture, running for cover, right? All throughout the field, like, forget the sheep. Jacob arrived, you know, like they're. <laughs> scared, right? <laughs> I want to bring you into the story. You're like, oh, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, do not be afraid, for I've come to bring you good. No, they're like, hey, 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 calm down. It's okay. Do not be afraid. I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. Good news of great joy, right? And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once, a vast number of glorious, freaky, scary beings called angels appeared. The very armies of heaven. It's even more scary guys show up. <laughs> you know, they're just getting over it. Like, okay, don't be afraid. Good news. You're not going to eat us. What's going on? And then more of them show up. All right. You're like, that's not how it happened. Are you sure? You know, that's what I'm reading. And it says they all praise God singing glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. For there is, say with me, peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. What happened? Angels show up. 
say, I've got good news of great joy. And if you listen to it, there's peace coming to the earth. If you want peace, you have to choose joy. The shepherds had to make a choice. They had to let go of their fear to actually hear the good news. Yeah? Because they could have kept running. They could have put their hands on their ears. They could have, you know what I mean? And the angel would be standing there looking in the field like, well, we tried. We'll wait for another batch of shepherds. I don't know. You know? Like they made a choice. The reason we have this story is because the shepherds made a choice. Did you know joy is a choice? Joy is a choice. It's not a feeling, it's a joy that affects your, or it's a choice that affects your feelings. Joy is a choice that affects the way you feel. Come on. The shepherds had to let go of their fear and hear the good news of great joy. You've heard this, this verse before, but uh, Philippians 4, verse 4 through 7, it says, Rejoice in the Lord when my bank account is full. And again, I say, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord at church on Sunday with your friends. No, rejoice in the Lord. Help me. Always. And again, I say rejoice. Return to joy again. Rejoice means return to joy. Have joy again. Always. In every season of life, right? I love what he goes on to say. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me no matter what's going on, I'm supposed to be joyful and everybody will know me as reasonable? Anybody picking up what I'm putting down here? Like your life's falling apart. Things are breaking all around you. You get the worst news ever and you choose to rejoice. Which one of your friends would be like, mm, that makes sense. Right here. This is the revelation. Joy as a response to difficulty is the only thing heaven calls reasonable. <laughs> heaven and heaven reasonableness looks like joyfulness. <laughs> so when you're down here and doing anything but being joyful, God and heaven is like, what reason do you have to be so grumpy? Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. It's only reasonable to rejoice. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In order to be thankful, you have to be joyful. Celebration and thankfulness go together. Like you're not thankful about things you're not happy about, right? You're not thankful about you're not thankful for the bad news. You're thankful for the one who holds you in the midst of all sorts of news. Are you with me? Come on. And guess what? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Are you following this? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And the peace of God will guard your heart. If you want peace, you got to choose joy. This is a good word. This is going to help you. It's going to help you. You're like, well, I have all this horrible stuff breaking out around me. It doesn't make sense to be joyful. Well, if you want the peace that surpasses understanding, you need joy when it doesn't make sense. If you want the peace that surpasses understanding, you need to choose joy when it doesn't make any sense. 
This is the path to peace. Joy is the path to peace. I'm telling you, man. Some of y'all need some joy practice. We're going to do some today. Don't you worry. I know you were concerned. <laughs> oh, yeah. When we choose joy, we get peace. I'll prove it again. I got more scripture. I'm just tells you I'm going to throw the book at you. James chapter one, verse two through four. One of those preacher favorites, you don't consider it pure joy and trials of many kinds, right? But in the Passion Translation, it says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Say invaluable. You know, the renewed mind doesn't see obstacles. It sees opportunity. Caleb in the Bible, Numbers 14, didn't see giants. He saw breakfast. The other spies are freaking out, and he says, quote, they will be to us our daily bread. <laughs> That's what Caleb in the Bible says. Now you kind of blame my parents. They named me that, named me after that guy. I'm kingdom of God's advancing violently. I am the violent, okay? The renewed mind doesn't see problems. It has a perspective of God breaking through in every impossibility. The renewed mind says, oh, I don't have problems, I have opportunities. Opportunities to grow, opportunities to see the move of God, opportunities to partner with that move, come on. That's how you can choose joy. You see obstacles as opportunities. You're like, yes, I'm gonna work on that impatience thing right now. You can rejoice in your immaturity. Hello? Not because you're immature, but because if you found out a place where you're immature, you now know where you can grow. And you can partner with God in that. I have to tell you this story that I can only tell now because, well, I might get in trouble. I don't know. <laughs> it's about last night. I preached this message last night. We go to Zaxby's. My wife and I are in the car. Boys are having a meltdown. We have two boys. I freak out, you know. The line is taking forever. Each car, I timed it nine minutes at the speaker. Nine minutes. I'm like, what is this? You know? And... They're screaming, everybody's hungry, I'm hungry. And Jamadi goes, you just had to preach on choosing joy. You just had to preach it, didn't you? And I said, you're right, dang Skippy, let's choose some joy. Ha, 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 ho, 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 he, he, he. And it broke out in real laughter. They're screaming, we're screaming, laughing in the front seat. I'm telling you, this works. <laughs> you just had to do it, yep. <laughs> Listen, man, when you choose joy, you get peace. I'm telling you, peace is the result of your joy choice. I'm telling you the truth today. James chapter one, did I read it yet? I didn't read this yet, right? No, okay, this is my, did I read this? I read the first part, sorry. This is my one, two, three, fourth time preaching this message, so I get a little fuzzy, you know, sometimes, sorry. Experiencing the greatest joy that you can. Do this with me. Close your eyes and imagine yourself experiencing the greatest joy you can. Just imagine, what would you look like experiencing the greatest joy you can? Close your eyes. If I can see your eyes, you're disobeying. disobeying. <laughs> Close your eyes. Think of it. Think of it. What is you at the greatest joy that you can experience? What does that look like? Okay. Keep your eyes closed. You're looking at the face of obedience. That's what it looks like for you to obey the command of Scripture, to rejoice in the Lord always, to consider trials of many kinds pure joy. That's the face of obedience. 
That's a good word. It is. Why? For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within, within you to endure all things. Did you know you're the most powerful when you're the most tested? You're like, wait a minute. Oh, should I pray for tests? No, don't worry. They're coming. All right. It's one of the promises of God. Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble, tribulation, test. But take heart. I've overcome the world. But when you're tested, your faith is stirred up. It stirs up power within you to endure. Steve Backlund has this great quote. You don't need joy for the end of the battle. You need it in the battle. You don't need joy for the result. You need joy for the for the process. Are you with me? You need joy now. It's a good idea to practice being joyful. <laughs> Don't worry, ladies. The lines or whatever I hear people say, like those wrinkle lines or whatever. You need those. All right, you need those wrinkle lines. You're beautiful with the joy lines. Just let it go. All right. It's true. Endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Now you're like, wait a minute, how does this prove that if you choose joy, you get peace? Well, the word shalom in Hebrew is the word peace. You want to know what the definition of shalom is? It's nothing missing and nothing lacking. It's wholeness, completeness. Trials come, choose joy, because at the end of the day, it's going to give you peace. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. Shalom. Come on. That's what that word means. Joy is the path to peace. You might not believe me yet, so I'll keep coming at you. Psalm chapter four, verse seven through eight. This is David. He says, you put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Because how many know, like the world's best attempt at joy is fat and drunk. You know what I'm saying? Like stuffed and wasted. Oh, you don't know? You don't know about these things? You never heard of these things before? You don't have any BC days? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just waiting for the religious bubble to break right now. Oh, the joy of the world. It, the world's false joy is rooted in. You know, am I full? Did I get mine? Right? And am I inebriated from a substance that I can pay for because I got mine? You know, because I'm doing well. That is the highest, highest way to be in the world, right? To be fat and happy, right? And David says, God, you put more joy in my heart than when they have all the grain and wine that they want. He's saying, I'm happier than all those drunk folk over there. I'm happier in your presence than they are drinking wine and getting wasted. <laughs> okay, let me help you. <laughs> you want to know why people stop going to church? Because it ain't fun. Because they're bored. Because people leave and become really bad tippers on Sunday afternoon. You know why waiters and waitresses don't like the Sunday shift? Because of church people. Preacher went long. I've been hungry since his second scripture. <laughs> I 
<laughs> You're laughing because it's true, man. It's true. It is. What if we stumbled out of here just blissed out? And we got to the restaurant, barely making it to our chair. <laughs> and they'll be like, where did you come from? What have you been drinking? And you'll say, no, no, no. There ain't no high like the most high, bro. <laughs> These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. But this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of, right? I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Do not become drunk with too much wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Why? Because joy is the path to wholeness. Even you, you know these things, like this is common knowledge now, like a merry heart makes good medicine, right? Some of you are sick because you've refused to choose joy. Because you're despairing over an illness instead of partnering with the Holy Spirit and rejoicing in the Lord always. Not all of you. I'm not saying blanket statement. I'm saying sometimes that's the church. Like, he hasn't healed me. I'm just waiting on my miracle. That's not the way to wait. You're to take joy in the waiting. Rejoice in the Lord always. He, David says, you put more joy in my heart than they have when they're great and wine about this. I can't, I have to tell you this story. I've told it before, but I was once at, um, cause we're live streaming. I'll, I'll say it this way at a very popular world renowned big church, um, in Los Angeles. And I was there and they're on a strip of, uh, the city where it's clubs and stuff like that. Right. So they rent out a club. It's really cool. And it's a really nice place. And they have church there. I think that's awesome. Right. And so we were there. It was great. It was awesome. Good message. All that. We leave. And I walk out and across the street, people are also leaving because it was a Sunday night message. I think it was a night message, Saturday or Sunday. Anyway, people are also leaving the club across the street and they are like laughing as loud as can be. They're like high fiving each other, all this stuff. And I'm looking across the street. I'm looking at us. Look across the street. I'm looking at us. I'm like, this should be. The other way. We're walking out like. I got my car keys. Mm -hmm. They're walking out like, whoa, man, that was, dude, where are we going next? You know? And I'm like, hmm. Maybe if the church left church like that, the people would come out of the club and go, what? Guys, there's something over there. Let's go get that. <laughs> Why would I go to church? It's full of judgmental, boring people. Huh? I can't argue with you. Except to say that we host the presence of the most joyful being ever. And he loves to have a good time. <laughs> David says that you've given me more joy back to Psalm four. And then it says. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. Put more joy in my heart, and so I will lie down and sleep. In peace, right? Joy is the path to peace. Because of the joy he gives us right now, we can actually rest in peace before we die. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a good idea? Yeah. 
I'm ready to rest in peace. I joked at the beginning of the church, like whenever we do a baptism, we should have like a tombstone on the back of the church or a shirt that says, rest in peace and like their name, like their old man, like rest in peace, your old man, like I got buried at the resting place. I don't know. Anyways, still might do it. I don't know. <laughs> People have joked like when they say, oh yeah, the resting place, we go to the church, they're like, is that like a, that sounds like a funeral home. I'm like, well, it kind of is. We lay to rest your old man, your old ways. We let you rest in peace the rest of your life. But joy is the path to that peace. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. Let me help you. It's never going to happen if we're a joyless people. Because if you want peace, you have to choose joy. Proverbs 12.20 says, Deception fills the heart of those who plot harm. But those who plan for peace are filled with joy. Did you hear it? Those who plan for peace are filled with joy. Future is peace. Present is joy. Joy is the path to peace. If peace is the plan, joy is your only choice. You want peace in your relationships? Rejoice. You want wholeness in your body? Rejoice. You want wholeness in your workplace? Friendships, rejoice. <laughs> so, how do we choose joy? This is how. It's Romans, you know, this verse, this uh, scripture really gives kind of some practical steps. So I'll explain it. Romans chapter 5, verse 2 through 6. It says, through him, the sucking of Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Say, access. We've, we've obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Now, I'm going to pause there for a second. Like, please, this is my plea. I'm going to say it with a smile on, okay? Stop praying for things God has already done. You have obtained access by faith into this grace in which you stand. Stop praying for things like an open heaven. Please. The heavens open at Jesus' baptism, and I'll read anywhere it closed. It doesn't say they closed. The heavens open. That's all it says. So... You're living in an open heaven. You might be ignorant of the fact that there's an open heaven and you should pray for you, but you shouldn't be asking God for an open heaven. You're like, well, I pray. For, I ask God for an open heaven and miracles break out. Like, yeah, God's answered a lot of my bad prayers before. <laughs> you think he's waiting till you're theologically 100% accurate to answer your prayer? Are you kidding me? <laughs> he would answer no prayers. <laughs> He's just here to bless you no matter how wrong you are. That's the truth. Well, I prayed this way and it works. Okay, well, God is good. But it's not biblical. It's biblical that he's good. But the way you pray, it ain't biblical. <laughs> Let's grow up into all things, into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen? So, we have obtained access. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I don't know if this is the Lord or just me. I don't really... The Lord made me, and so that's kind of his working anyway. So here you go. All right. You're like, is it God or is it me? Well, God made you, so he's got a hand in it somewhere. You know what I mean? So legal, right? Stop praying for the windows of heaven to open over your finances. Why would you pray for the windows of heaven to open when you're in the house? Why would you pray for the windows of heaven to open when you're in heaven? It's a prayer rooted in unbelief of the new covenant. You've been seated with him in heavenly places. 
I know it's in your Bible, but it was written under an old covenant. You need to understand and thank God and rejoice. You're not in that covenant anymore. Receiving from there to here. You have been given access. It's not a visitational covenant. It's a habitational covenant. He's not on the outside trying to get in. He's on the inside trying to get out. The only windows of heaven that need to open are your mouth, your eyes, your hands, your feet to be a blessing to others. It's illegal for a new covenant believer to pray for the windows of heaven to bless them. You can only bless others because you are the house. You become the temple. You open your window and bless. You have access is what I'm trying to say. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Yes, have joy again, especially when you're in suffering. Have joy again. Choose joy again. Knowing this, knowing that suffering produces endurance, what do you need for endurance? Remember the other verses? You need joy because joy is there for the battle, not just for the end, right? Joy is a part of, in James 1, talking about so that you will endure, right? Consider pure tri trials, pure joy, so that you may endure them, right? This is a practical list for how to have joy, how to choose joy. Okay, I'm suffering. I'm going to go back to a time when I wasn't, and I'm going to have joy now like I did then. Rejoice in your sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. You need joy to endure. Endurance produces character. What character do you want to have produced in your life? I'm telling you, you need the character of Jesus, right? And Hebrews chapter one, we don't have it. It says that he hated lawlessness, loved righteousness, and therefore was anointed with the oil of bliss beyond all his companions. That means he's happier than the happiest person you know. Okay? He's happier. Name him. I mean, whatever. When he ban off, name him. It's, that's a happy girl right there. All right? Name the happiest person you know. Jesus is happier. Makes me wonder, like... Does he, does he even like our church gatherings? You know what I mean? Does he even like them? He's like, guys, just cheer up a little bit. Have a good time. I'm with you, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Endurance produces character. I want the character of the happiest guy ever. Yeah, amen? And character produces hope. You can't have hope without joy. Those two things are inherently linked, you know? Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. This tells me that our union with Christ, which is present tense, is our true source of joy. So practical steps to choosing joy start with the fact that you're one with the Son of God and rejoice in that. It's never going to go away. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, right? I do this. It gets me in trouble. Look at me. You and Jesus are not like this. Come on, look at my hand right now. If you're not looking, you're disobedient. No, I'm kidding. You and Jesus are not like this. You're not close. You're not tight. You are like this. He prayed it would happen, that you would be one with him, John 17, and all of Jesus' prayers get answered. You can rejoice in that. It's never going to stop. It's never going to go away. Trying to make it practical. We have to choose joy again. We have to choose joy again. Come on up here, Gigi. Let's land this happy plane. This is why I don't uh, trust angry preachers. I just don't. Joyless preachers, I'm like, I'm sorry, man. 
at least a third of what you're saying isn't kingdom because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. <laughs> kind of love you, but I'm just saying. All right. Listen to Philippians 4.4 4 in the Passion Translation. It's really good. Same verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. It says, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, let joy overflow. Okay, maybe you didn't understand what we're doing today. Look at your neighbor and give them permission to let joy overflow. Let joy overflow. Turn to someone else and say, choose joy right now. Some of y'all need some help. Just go, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. He, he, he. 